I think we can all agree that learning is more fun when you do it with friends, right? So if one of your summer goals is to learn more about the science of reading and how to incorporate it into your classroom, then let me invite you to join our free summer book study. During the month of June, we are gonna be hosting a free book study for teachers just like you, where we are gonna work our way through the book, Shifting the Balance, Six Ways to Bring the Science of Reading into Your Upper Elementary Classroom. And we'd love to have you join us. We're gonna read one chapter a week and inside our book study Facebook group, you're gonna get to participate in things like our weekly Facebook Live, discussion posts, you're gonna get some really awesome freebies and the chance to win some stellar prizes. All of this is going to help you align your instruction with the science of reading next year. It's gonna be fun. And even if you don't think you'll have time to read every single chapter, still consider joining. You're gonna get a lot out of the group even if you don't have time to read the entire text. So I hope to see you this summer where we can all learn alongside each other. You can sign up at stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. That's all one word, stellarteacher.com slash bookstudy. And I'll see you inside our group. You're listening to episode number 33 of the Stellar Teacher Podcast. Teaching literacy is tough, but with the right tools, you can be not only good, but great. Amazing. I'm talking off the charts impactful. Hey, I'm Sarah Marie, a literacy specialist with over a decade of experience working as a classroom teacher and school administrator. Tune in each week to this podcast to hear no fluff lesson ideas and strategies that will help you feel confident in your abilities to truly grow your students as readers. Are you ready? Let's dig in. Hello, friends, and happy Monday. This is the final week of our Stellar Teacher Summer Series. So if you have been following along for the last five weeks, then you have been a part of some really good content, some great trainings inside our Upper Elementary Reading Teachers Facebook group, and it has just been so much fun. We have been doing double podcast episodes for the last five weeks or the last four weeks. And there will be one more Quick Tip Thursday episode this coming Thursday, and I'm going to be talking all about how to set goals during your reading block. And I just have to say that I have absolutely loved connecting with y'all inside the Upper Elementary Reading Teachers Facebook group. I have always wanted to have a community of teachers where we can talk about reading, and it has just been fun seeing the conversations that are going on in there. And if you can't tell by the enthusiasm in my voice, Today, I am super excited because I am ending our summer series with a free live training. There'll be two chances for you to see it later today or tomorrow as well. And this training is all about how to create a classroom community that loves reading. And I know that's what y'all want to do. So if you have not already signed up for the training, I'm assuming you've seen me talk about it in email and in the Facebook group, but if for some reason you are literally just finding me for the first time and you have not signed up for this free workshop, go ahead and check out the show notes. You can still sign up for it today or tomorrow, or if you sign up for it or send me an email, I can always send you the replay. So even if you're catching this later on in the summer, send me an email. I can send you the replay. And then, of course, my final big announcement before we jump into today's content is that the doors to the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership are opening up today. Today is July 12th, and I am so excited. And so if you have been 
on the fence about the membership or if you've never heard about the membership before, I have a reading membership. It's kind of like a monthly subscription for upper elementary teachers. And it is basically access to a huge resource library that is going to help you implement your stellar reading workshop block. And so if that is something that you have been thinking about, or if you have been anxiously waiting for the doors to open, then go check out the details in the show notes. Doors are open and they're only open for a week. So if you've been thinking about it, don't wait too long. They will close again next week on the 19th. So enough of all of those things. But again, let me just say, I seriously, I love connecting with you guys. The summer series has been so much fun. It makes me excited for next summer or the next time we do like a special series. But let's go ahead and jump in today's content. Today, we are talking all about reading engagement and how to create a reading block that keeps your students engaged in just everything reading. And engagement, I feel like is is and kind of always has been a hot topic in education. It's something that teachers are always wanting to improve their engagement, look for new engagement strategies, and it's really important for a good reason. I saw this quote on maybe Instagram a year ago or so, or maybe Pinterest somewhere in the internet world, and it said this. It said, you could be the most brilliant, informed person on earth. But if your class is in a state of boredom, your teaching isn't making an impact. And I love that quote. And it really makes me think about, I again, I've heard somebody say something similar, but it, it doesn't matter what we're teaching if our students aren't learning it, if they're not consuming it, if they're not engaged in it. So if our students aren't responding to what it is that we're teaching, then it doesn't matter how fancy our lessons are. And I even think about this quote with the whole, it doesn't matter you know, how smart or wonderful your plans are if your learners are bored. It makes me think about my own learning experience, especially some of the mandatory PD sessions that I've had to, you know, attend as a teacher. I think about the weeks of district PDs that I've had to sit. And more than likely, you have probably experienced something similar. But I think about, you know, sitting in an eight-hour PD that was so incredibly boring, or at least I was bored. And I spent the majority of the time chatting with my teacher friends or planning out next week's lessons. And I was mentally checked out because I was not engaged in the content. And it's not necessarily that maybe the topic of the PD session was bad or that the presenter was sharing you know, bad information. It's just that it wasn't engaging for me for whatever reason. And I think that we need to keep our own learning experiences in mind and really think about the times that we have been bored as learners and then really try to consider our students in that kind of perspective when we're planning out in lessons. Because the reality of it is, is our students do experience moments of boredom in school. And, you know, as wonderful as you are, and I'm sure like most of you listening to this podcast really do have highly engaged classrooms, you still at moments during your day have students who are disengaged and they're bored. And as teachers, our goal is to try to eliminate as many of those moments as much as possible. And so we really want to just have as many resources and tools and strategies for engagement as we can. And here's the thing that I think is important to remember about engagement. Engagement doesn't mean that we have to dress up in costumes or put on a circus or sing and dance or do something wild and crazy, but we do need to make sure that we are being intentional about how we are keeping our students interested and motivated and inspired and how we're keeping them doing the work. And that's really what engagement is. And so today I'm going to share with you three secrets to creating a highly engaged reading block. Sounds fancy, right? Well, here's the thing. Spoiler alert. It's 
not that difficult. It's a lot easier than you think it is. And I'm sure you're going to hear these three tips and be like, wait, that's not a secret, but they really are truly impactful and will help you increase the engagement in your reading block. So secret or tip number one is to leverage your read aloud. And maybe you're thinking, well, I do read aloud every day to my students, but I want you to really think about what are you reading aloud to your students. And this is what we typically see in upper elementary classrooms. We typically see teachers reading aloud a class novel or a chapter book. We usually see teachers reading mostly fiction texts for whole group read alouds. And we also see teachers reading aloud for academic purposes. Now, these things aren't bad, but we have plenty of room to really leverage our our read aloud to increase engagement. And here's why what we typically do doesn't necessarily work. Well, chapter books aren't as engaging as picture books. Now, maybe that is an unpopular opinion, but I'm going to stand by it. And part of the reason why picture books are more engaging is that they take less time to finish. Students can get invested in an entire story and see it through from beginning to end in a much quicker time frame than a chapter book. So it doesn't take as much time for them to get into the story. And I talked about how we typically only read fiction texts. And here's the thing. Not every student in our class is going to like fiction, but more importantly, our students are only going to be aware of the genres that we introduce and expose them to. So if we are only using our read aloud for fiction chapter books, we are really limiting what our students know and understand as far as their awareness and understanding and appreciation for genres. And then finally, our students mirror what it is that they see modeled. So if we are only reading for academic purposes and we only read once a day, then our students are going to mirror that because they they do what we do. And so while you might be reading aloud, you have room in your read aloud to really leverage it to increase the engagement of your students. So here are some things that I would consider you to do to really ramp up your read aloud. And The first one is, is to make sure that you are reading aloud from a variety of genres. And a couple things that you can do to just sort of plan for that and bring some awareness is do a personal genre inventory of the books that you read aloud to your students. This could be as simple as creating a tracker where you write down all of the genres that you you know want to read to your students during the year. And then every day, write the title of the read aloud and categorize it so you can visually see, okay, I'm reading a lot of historical fiction, a lot of biographies. We're not reading any fairy tales, but you can see which genres have no titles next to it. Or you could categorize and label really, you know, what your read alouds are on a a calendar. You could, you know, put a color-coded system where you color code them and highlight them so you can see what colors of genres you're reading. And again, it just reminds you. And when you spend some time to document what you're reading and what genre it is, it is going to bring some awareness of the genres that you have not read to your students. So then, of course, once you realize, okay, we haven't read poetry, we haven't read any traditional literature, we really don't read a lot of informational texts then you can be intentional about planning time to read those genres into your reading block. And one of the things I'm going to mention later on, surprise, surprise, is that you need to make sure you're also reading aloud for fun. Because a lot of teachers are going to say things like, well, right now we're in our fiction unit, so I should only be reading fiction to my students. And yes, if you're in a fiction unit, you need to read fictional text so your students can identify the plot structure and the characters. But that doesn't mean that that's the only thing you can be reading to to your students. I, you guys heard me talk about this a few weeks ago, but it is so important for us to expose and introduce our students to a wide variety of genres because once students figure out the genres they enjoy reading, then they're going to be hooked. Then they're going to want to read all of the texts in that genre because they know what they enjoy. 
But if they are never exposed to a graphic novel, if they are never introduced to biographies, if they never have been read poetry out loud to themselves, you know, somebody has read poetry to them, then they're not going to know that genre exists. So let me challenge you as a teacher to intentionally plan to read a wide range of genres to your students, both during your chapter book read aloud time, during your mini lessons, and during your four fun read alouds. So tip number one for leveraging your read alouds, read more genres to your students and be intentional about it. Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode with some exciting news. Guess what? The doors are finally open to the Stellar Teacher Reading Membership. The school year will be here before you know it, and I know with that comes a lot of stress and maybe even some tears as you say goodbye to summer. The Pinterest searches and the Target dollar spot trips are beginning as you plan out how you want to wow your new students. Well, when it comes to planning your literacy block, there's a better way. A way that will save you stress, money, and most importantly, time. The Stellar Teacher Reading Membership is a growing resource library that will give you the no prep lessons, tools, and support you need so that you can go back to putting your energy into what you're actually meant to do, teaching. It is literally a one-stop shop created for reading teachers just like you. Wanna know the best part? There are new resources that are added every single month. All you have to do is head to stellarteacher.com slash join now to learn more. But hurry because doors close on July 19th, 2021, and they will not open again before the school year begins. I cannot wait for you to join us. So until then, have a stellar summer. The other thing that you can do is incorporate regular book talks as part of your read aloud routine. I've talked about book talks in the past. I did a whole episode on them back in episode 12. So if you don't know what a book talk is, then go back and listen to that episode. But really, it's just a chance for students to talk about the books that they have read personally. And the reason why I bring this up when I'm talking about read alouds is because doing a book talk in conjunction with your read aloud is the sort of the perfect time to make it part of your daily routine. And one of the things that we would do is we would, I actually did this as part of my morning meeting. Part of my morning routine was we would read aloud sometimes from a chapter book, sometimes it would just be for fun from a picture book or poetry. And then students would give a book talk. So every day during our morning reading, I would have at least one student who would give a book talk and they would talk about the book that they were reading and they would share what they liked about it. They would rate it. They would share a little artifact from it. They would give us, you know, a little, a little teaser and tell students you should read this if you enjoy, you know, reading adventure or whatever it is. And here's the thing that I want teachers to think about. If you have never done book talks, I would commit to doing them every day for next year. And all it takes is five minutes a day. And I know that you can find five minutes. And if you set aside five minutes each day for your students to give a book talk, then you are intentionally exposing your students to 180 new book titles each year. And think about what a gift that is for your students. So all of a sudden, in five minutes a day, you have given your students 180 new book titles that they can read. I mean, that is going to have them set for at least a year, maybe two years of reading. And Here's the thing that Book Talks really does for buy-in, though. It creates this community feel. It helps students feel like they have a voice and they have a say in the text that they read. And students can give a Book Talk on read-aloud books that you've read, books that you've done in small group, books that they've read independently. But it's just an opportunity for students to hear their classmates' opinions and their classmates talk about books. And that right there is engagement when students are the ones that are doing the talking and the thinking and the reflecting, and the evaluating. Even if they say, I hated this book, let students talk about the books they don't like. They don't have to enjoy every book that they read, but it gives them a voice. And when students feel like they have a voice, they're going to be invested, and that investment is going to lead to engagement. 
And then my last little suggestion as we talk about read alouds here is you want to make sure that you prioritize reading aloud for fun and enjoyment. I told you that one was coming and it is so important. And here's the thing. I hear teachers all the time say, I love reading aloud to my students. It is my favorite thing that I do. I just don't have enough time. I wish I had more time to read aloud to my students, but I just don't have the time. And here's the hard truth. And so maybe you're not going to like me for saying this, but the reality of it is, is we make time for what is most important to us. So if you really think and believe that reading aloud to your students is important, and by reading aloud to your students, you're going to be increasing the engagement of your reading block, then you need to make it a priority every single day. And it's hard. It's challenging. I get it because I know I was a teacher in the classroom. I was an administrator. I understand how much we have to get done, but I'm talking 10 to 15 minutes a day, and you can find time to do that. And it really is one of the best things you can do for your students because during this read aloud time, you are modeling to them that we read for fun. You are modeling to them that we read a variety of genres. You are modeling the questions. You are showing them that reading is important to do every day, even if it's not connected to an academic objective. And a couple of things that you could do if you are short on time is you don't have to read the entire story. Even if it's a picture book, you could break up a picture book and read a little bit of a picture book every single day. Or you could do something like first chapter Friday or first five pages Friday, and you just read the first five pages of a picture book. And I actually kind of like both of these strategies because you're giving a teaser then. You're introducing the book to the students and maybe they're going to get really hooked and engaged and they want to know what happens next. But the only way for them to do it is if they finish the book on their own. And again, that would take you just five to 10 minutes. Another thing that I love doing is I loved reading aloud to my students after and before our transitions, really after. It is one of the easiest ways to get students to settle down after coming back from lunch or recess or PE. And literally, I would walk into my classroom. I would not say a single word to my students. I would pick up a book. I would sit down on the carpet and I would start reading whether my students were on the carpet ready to listen to me or not. And what I found is, is my students loved reading. They loved being read to. They just loved this so much that they would quickly put their lunch boxes away. They would quickly sit down and they would tell the rest of the class, Shh, be quiet. She's reading. She's reading. And I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to give directions. I just started reading to them and it helped our transitions so much. So if you struggle with transitions and management, and trust me, I did my first couple of years, this is one of the best ways not only to leverage your read aloud time and increase engagement, but also get your classroom a little bit under control. So Tip number one, leverage your read aloud, genres, book talks, read for fun. It is going to have a huge impact on your reading block. The second tip or my second secret to increasing engagement is to provide more choice. Now, let me quickly run through what do we typically do? Because I'm sure some teachers are going to say, well, I do provide choice or I am giving students choice. Now, a lot of teachers, unfortunately, aren't giving students with choice or options in their reading block. They are simply dictating, this is exactly what you're reading. This is what you're responding to. These are your centers. And if we do provide students with choice, sometimes we don't provide them with choice that is fun or engaging. So sure, we can say you can choose between these two reading passages and multiple choice questions. But if students don't want to read a passage and multiple choice questions, it doesn't matter that we gave them a choice because it's not going to be fun for them. I get it. Sometimes that happens. But most of the time, we want to make sure that our options are fun and engaging. And then a lot of times, and I was guilty of this, we would give students a choice and then we would take it away if they misused it. 
And unfortunately, none of these things really work to increase engagement. And if students aren't given a choice, then they aren't forming their own reading identities. If we tell them every single day, this is what you read, this is how you respond to it, and this is how many minutes you get, they have no autonomy in their identity. They have no say in what they read, how they respond to it. They are just simply becoming little robots doing exactly what we tell them to do. And like I said, in order for choice to be effective, it needs to be fun. It needs to be something that our students are going to be at least interested in and engaged in. It doesn't always need to be a huge project or, you know, some fun center activity or game or computer thing, but it does need to be something that is going to appeal to them. And if we give choice to our students, we cannot take it away, which means this is going to be hard to hear. If we give students the freedom to choose, we need to be okay with how they choose to use that freedom. And I'll talk about this in a little bit. So if you want to actually use choice and use it to increase engagement during your reading block, then here are some areas that you can easily give students choice and be okay with how they choose to use their time. But first and foremost, give students a choice in what they read. Let them choose the texts that they are reading during their independent reading time. And this means that we have to be okay with students who are reading books that are maybe a little bit too easy for them. We have to be okay with students attempting to read books that are far beyond their reading level and are going to be too challenging. And we also need to be okay with students reading the same books over and over and over again. Because if we say you get to choose what you want during independent reading time, then we really need to let them choose. Otherwise, it's going to be kind of false engagement. Because if we know we're going to take that choice away, then students are just going to choose the things that are going to make us happy as a teacher or prevent them from getting in trouble. Another area that you can give students choice in is letting them choose how they spend their time. And maybe you're thinking, but I have, you know, limited reading block and we have centers to get through and students have to complete assignments by Friday. Well, let students choose what activity they will work on and for how long they need to complete it. And I did an episode a couple of weeks back about reading centers and kind of how I liked to have a more loose structure to reading centers, which means we didn't necessarily do 20 minute rotations and every 20 minutes we switched, but it was more so, okay, either by the end of the day or by Friday, these are the things that you need to get done. But some students are going to be able to complete a reading task in 10 minutes and other students, it would take 30 minutes. But let your students decide what activity they're going to do that day. Maybe they want to spend the entire day reading and maybe another day they want to spend the entire day working on a book talk or a reading response, but let them have that choice. I've said this before, but anytime our students can choose, they're going to be engaged. And We also want to give students choice in who they work with, which means if they're doing a partner practice or if you do reading centers or turn and talk or book clubs, let them choose who they work with. And I know sometimes, you know, we don't want students to work with their friends and we want to be strategic about, you know, how we pair students up with different levels. And we want to make sure that there's, you know, students are working with all students in the group. But we also want to think about like you as an individual person, if somebody tells you you have to be in a group or you have to work with so-and-so, and it's not a good personality match, you're going to be less engaged. And so if your goal is to increase engagement during your reading block, then make sure your students have the choice to who they want to work with. And I'm going to give you some suggestions for this in a minute, but this is why choice is so important and why you want to make sure you give your students choice in all of these areas. Because if we give our students choice and we really let them make the choices and follow through all the way through the end of the task, the quarter, the week, the month, the year, however long the duration is, choice has natural consequences. Meaning if your students make a bad choice, they're going to learn from it. If the students choose 
that they're going to manage their time and they read for the entire week and they forgot to do a reading response activity, that means they're going to miss the deadline. And guess what? They're going to get a bad grade or a missing grade. That's a lesson they need to learn. And if students choose their book box and they only fill their book box with books books that are too easy for them and they got through all of their books in you know two or three days and they have an entire week before it's their turn in the library and they're going to be bored during independent reading time, then they've learned that, you know what, even though they're easy to read, it it's not worth it. I want to read books that are more exciting and more engaging. But they're going to learn that lesson. And if students always sit by their friends or they always choose to work with their friends and they end up getting in trouble for talking or being distracted or not completing a task, that's another lesson that they can learn. And I think so often we take choices away because we want to be in control and we want to save time and we want to prevent these mistakes from happening. But when we give our students more choice, Not only are we going to see an increase in engagement, but we are really also giving them opportunities to learn these important life lessons. And I'm I'm sure with all of these things, you're thinking, okay, well, I need my students reading challenging books and I want to make sure that, you know, they're working with a variety of kids and they need to get their assignments done. And so here's the thing to keep in mind, that teachers have the power to influence student choices simply by what they choose to celebrate and focus on in their classrooms. And so If you celebrate the student who is reading, you know, books from a variety of genres, then guess what? More of your students are going to want to read those genres. And if you are celebrating the student who is choosing to work with, you know, a wide range of students or to be open to working with any student, then that's a characteristic that the rest of your class is going to want to emulate. And if you celebrate the fact that you have students who are independently reading and preparing book talks and, you know, summarizing their texts and writing in their response journals and doing a wide range of reading, thinking, and writing tasks throughout the week, then the rest of your students are going to want to do that. So rather than telling students you can't do this, celebrate the behaviors that you want to see your entire class embrace. So those are just a couple of suggestions on how you can use choice a little bit more effectively in your classroom, but giving your students choice is going to increase engagement. And then My final tip for boosting student engagement is to focus on your student's response to reading. And I think, first of all, so often we get really caught up in teaching our students, you know, comprehension strategies and fluency strategies and how to understand a text. And sometimes we forget to actually teach them how to respond to a text. And what we see a lot of is we will have students respond to everything they read. Maybe this means that we have them write a summary in their journal after every text. Maybe they have a reading log they have to fill out every single day, but every time they read, there is a reading assignment attached to it. And first of all, that gets to be really exhausting. If students know every time they read, they also have to respond or write, they're going to lose their motivation to read if it's always attached to writing. I don't necessarily love writing. I love reading. But if I knew that every time I read, I had to summarize a chapter, I would be less motivated to want to read more. And Other sort of issues that we see or challenges, I don't want to say mistakes necessarily, but ways that we can improve is a lot of times we keep the same writing routine or reading response routine for the entire year. And even if it is a really good routine, even if what you have your students do works really well at the beginning of the year, keep in mind that we get bored with the same thing over and over again. And so if students for the entire year, they have to read and they have to respond, even if it's, you know, a book talk or a book project or a summary, or they have a choice board that they're completing, whatever it is. If it is the same thing for the entire year, they're going to get bored with it. And if you think back to the beginning of my podcast episode, if students are bored, we're going to lose them in engagement. 
And then other things that we typically do that don't always work with reading response is a lot of times we use written responses for a grade. And I get it. I came from a district where we had to have at least two reading grades every single week, which was a challenge, which means I was using a lot of their reading responses as a grade. But we have to keep in mind that for some of our students, the pressure of having something graded is overwhelming for our students. And it's also not fun. And so again, if our students are associating reading with a response assignment that gets graded, they're going to all of a sudden have anxiety every time they sit down to read because they are stressing about that reading response. So those are some things that we typically do. That's why they don't work. So what can you do instead? Because we still want to focus on reading response and focusing on the way students respond to reading can increase engagement. So first and foremost, I don't know if I'm the first to tell you this, but let me remind you and give you permission that not everything students read has to be responded to or has to have an assignment that goes with it. Sometimes your students can read just for the sake of reading and they don't need to summarize. They don't need to put it in a book log. They don't need to do anything with it other than simply enjoy. So first of all, that's an option for you. But then if you are going to have them respond to their reading, give them choice. No surprise there, right? Give them a choice in how they respond to what they read. And I want you to think kind of beyond the reading journal. So students could choose to respond with a graphic organizer. Maybe they choose to respond with a book talk, or maybe they choose to respond in some sort of creative response. Maybe they want to create a travel brochure that tells people why they should go to the setting of the story, or maybe they want to write a letter to the author, or maybe they want to create an illustration that's in the same style of the artwork used in the story. So again, these are all ways that they can respond to the story that they've read, but it goes beyond a reading journal. It goes beyond some response questions and it allows them to really tap into, you know, some some artistic expression or just something that suits their personality. And then other things that you can have students do is this idea of inspired action. And this probably is my favorite podcast episode I have ever recorded. It was episode 20. And I really talk a lot about how the reading experience can motivate your students to take action that goes beyond the book, that goes beyond writing the book or summarizing the text. And it's this idea that we want our students to be motivated and inspired by the characters that they read about and the themes that they read about, that them as individual persons, they become changed, that they become better people as a result of it. Examples of this inspired action is your students read a story and they want to start a kindness campaign, or maybe they want to do a food drive, or maybe they want to do a class potluck celebrating different cultures, or maybe they want to do an art fair, or maybe they want to go read to the kindergarten class. Whatever it is, that is a form of reading response. So again, this idea that reading response doesn't necessarily have to be writing, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be creative writing, it can be a form of action, and that is still going to increase their engagement. But even beyond inspired action, talking about a book, students could respond to their reading through talking. You know, students could even at the very end of your reading block, I would try to give my students five minutes every day two to three minutes every day to talk about the book that they read with somebody else. And they didn't have to write anything. They could just talk about it. But talking is a form of reading response, asking questions, researching. All of those things are a way that students can respond to reading that are probably going to be a little bit more engaging than a reading log, than a journal, than a response prompt. And I'm not saying that any of those things are bad, but we don't want that to be the sole focus of how our students respond to reading. So Put a little time and energy into thinking about how you want your students to respond to their reading this year. It is going to boost the engagement, I promise. Let me go ahead and remind you that if you want to boost engagement of your students this next year, you want to think about how can you really leverage your read aloud time, making sure that we're reading genres, that we're giving our students a voice during the read aloud time, and that we are 
reading for fun. We want to make sure that we are providing students with choice, that they should be able to choose what they read, how much time they spend on the reading tasks, and who they get to work with, you know, when they get to collaborate. And we want to make sure that we focus on students' response to reading, that we go beyond the journal, that we don't always have them respond to everything, and that we make sure that we're not necessarily grading every single thing that they turn in. All of that to say, I feel like I say this often, but probably not often enough. When you listen to this podcast, you probably get a ton of ideas, and my goal is to inspire you, and I want to give you things that you can bring to your classroom and and use and that work with your students. But at the end of the day, you are the instructional expert in your classroom. You know your students better than anyone. Here's the thing. I don't know your students. I have an idea, probably, because I've taught you know fourth grade for a long time, and I've been in education for a while, but I don't know your students. You know your students better than anyone, and you get to decide how you're going to teach them reading, which means you get to decide which engagement strategies are going to work best for your students. But of course, I do hope that some of the ideas that I shared today are going to resonate with you and that you do plan to incorporate them into your class next year. Hopefully this was helpful. As always, I love hearing from you. If you have not joined us inside the Upper Elementary Reading Teachers Facebook group, I would love to have you join us and share some of your takeaways from this episode today. We are going to continue having wonderful conversations in that group all throughout the year. And like I said, it's just such a great place to connect with teachers. So I hope you'll join us. And then, of course, I hope to see you at my live training later today or tomorrow where we talk about how to create a classroom community that loves reading. So until then, have a stellar day, my friends. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Stellar Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode and are finding value in this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would follow along and leave a five-star positive review. This helps me spread the word to more and more teachers just like you. And don't forget to join me over on Instagram at the Stellar Teacher Company. You can always find the links and resources from this episode in the show notes at StellarTeacher.com. I'll see you back here next week. 